Fight Strike. I'm Jason. I'm Kevin. And we are back again. Uh, we missed uh, last week with UFC St. Petersburg, but uh, we will uh, get back on the horse here going, uh, checking out uh, UFC Fight Night. UFC, yeah, it's just, it's just UFC Fight Night is all they're calling it. So we'll get back on the horse here with UFC Fight Night. A journeyman card almost to me looking at right. it. So there's some some uh, some good names on it though. Some names you recognize. Um, so uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing some of these fights coming up here. Uh, this one's going to be in Sunrise. Sunrise, I think you're right by uh, Fort Lauderdale, somewhere mm-hmm. in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Um, so we'll get into that. We just wanted to do a little bit of recap here, though, before we get into our predictions for this coming weekend. Uh, like I said, we missed our predictions for uh, St. Petersburg, but we do have to go back a little bit in time and see how we did for our picks back on UFC 236, which turned out to be an amazing card, in my opinion, and I think a lot of other people share on that. Yeah, it, it it was a great card. I think really from top to bottom, um, the uh, welterweight fight between uh, uh, Dwight Grant and uh, Alan Jobin, um, probably the only you know kind of snoozer fight, if you will, mm-hmm. on that. But um, both the co-main event and the main event for interim championships, I was poking a little bit of fun, you know. Um, saying <laughs> you know it, that they were interim championships and you know what's the need for that or whatever but it, not you know delving into that both of those fights were potential fight of the year candidates mm-hmm. and a lot of people are saying that the uh, middleweight co-made event for the middleweight interim championship is up there if not one of the one of if not the best uh, title fight that they've ever seen yeah, I agree, so, especially for for a fight that you know, uh, went the distance and uh, gets a decision. Usually, um, in, in my view, those uh, decisions are not the most exciting way uh, for a fight to go. But that particular case, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it went uh, the whole distance, but it was contested throughout. That made it really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it came down, I, I really had it in that final round. Whoever won that round, I felt was going to win the fight. And um, that's actually how it played out uh, on the judges' scorecards uh, with a style bender winning the fifth round and ultimately winning the fight and setting up a matchup with uh, middleweight champion uh, Robert Whitaker. Um, I think they're shooting for a summer, if not end of summer, September, beginning of fall. Um, time frame for that yeah so i gotta eat a little bit of crow i went two and three in my picks for the that evening um i i feel a little bit robbed uh maybe but um that uh saint uh saint prue kind of kind of did me wrong i thought he was i thought he was winning the fight right up until he lost it um, I, I agree with that <laughs> and uh so i was i was disappointed in that uh, but um, even even so, like they they said they were all all pretty uh, pretty good. So, what did you think about the main event? We both picked Max Holloway, I think, and uh, and uh, that certainly did not pan out for us. Right, and um, it 
looking at it, and I think um, you know the the announcers, Joe Rogan, um, and then talked about this, but. Max seemed like a guy who fighting at 145 and being the 145 pound champion, uh, 145 pounder, and it seemed inevitable that he'd move up to 155. It seemed like that would be a more natural weight for him. But um, when they got in there, I mean, Dustin looked a little bigger to me. I think that they maybe um, thought there's more of a size difference than I noticed. Um, but I think there's definitely a power difference. Um, Dustin was first round and, you know, uh, throughout the fight was putting it on Max and really hurting him. Um, didn't put him away, which is a credit to Max because, you know, he took some big shots, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, both those guys, how tough are those dudes? I mean, that's, (laughs) that, that was a great fight. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that. Like I said, for for a main event, you can't really ask for much more than that. What those two went out there and put on, um, and then just you know all around, and then the respect that they showed each other afterwards, and you know it was just you know top to bottom. I think a great fight. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That was an exciting fight. Uh, I, I was actually a little bit surprised to me that you know obviously we picked Max Holloway, but um, the way that he just um, the the power difference seemed huge. It, it just he he didn't seem to be uh, hurting Poirier at all. Um, mm-hmm. He kept uh, you know he, I mean he kept it competitive, but um, I don't think that Poirier was ever in in deep deep danger. Um, right. He was just uh, Holloway was uh, maybe a couple uh, you know might have outpointed him uh, was was his hope, but it didn't look like he had uh, had. What we've seen in the past from him, where he just uh, wears away and wears away at a guy uh, until he can finally take him down, and uh, that that wasn't going to happen in that fight. No, no, and I think I think we both ultimately went with Holloway because we said he yeah. he was reaching that status where um, we both were going to not pick against him until <laughs> right. we were given a reason, right? And, and I mean, Dustin Poirier, I think, was there up there too, but he wasn't the champ. He, you know, he, he hasn't defended a title like Max has. He, you know, he hasn't taken out the arguably greatest featherweight and one of the top pound per pound fighters, um, in mixed martial arts history, like Max Holloway did against Jose Aldo. Um, Brian Ortega came in in his last uh, title defense, and a lot of people thought, and we touched on this, that you know Brian being a bigger featherweight fighter, um, and what he just did to Frankie Edgar, who had never been finished, um, thought they were going to give he was going to give Max uh, a lot of problems, and Max kind of just walked through him and right. looked, you know, really powerful in that fight, and thought some of that would translate up to uh, 155, but um, Poirier had. Uh, other ideas and <laughs> yeah. came away with the decision. So um, that'll that'll be uh, an interesting one to see when he gets to to fight for the undisputed title. I guess you would. Yeah, I think I, I've heard rumblings that they're going to try and set that up for September mm-hmm. for uh, Habib coming back in uh, September and um, Robert Whitaker uh, said he wanted to get on that card. Uh, to defend his title against the interim champ uh, from UFC 236, uh, Israel Adesanya. Adesanya. So that'd, that'd be a great, you know, we had the uh, the interim lightweight and middleweight 
pay-per-view and now we can have the uh <laughs> the actual championship lightweight and middleweight mm-hmm. pay-per-view i think that'd be a heck of a card mm-hmm. all right so um let's uh, one thing we uh we didn't get our picks in for last week ufc st petersburg so one i just wanted to touch on the results uh in the over uh overeem and olenic bout well, what did you what did you think about that one I thought so. Um, Olenek came in, and uh, he he was a somewhat of a late replacement. Um, I thought, and we were talking a little before we uh, <laughs> just before this podcast. Uh, Alistair Overeem for me has been in a category kind of where he's either going to get the knockout or get knocked out, mm-hmm. um, and the, it, it just seems to go you know, that he's, he's knocking a guy out and looking really good and maybe puts together one or two. And then he, you know, suffers a devastating knockout. So I, I thought mm-hmm. this was a knockout or get knocked out fight for him. Um, I honestly saw him more likely him winning and getting the knockout. Um, I just thought he's a bigger guy. Um, and even though Olenek has almost damn near 60 mixed martial arts, uh, professional fights, I think has obviously faced a tougher competition um, in in his uh, in his career. So I saw Overeem winning this one. Um, I, I was surprised. It looked like uh, actually didn't look like uh, he he won this with knees to the body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he was he hurt him, put him in trouble, and then dropped him ultimately with you know a knee and uh, finished it up. So I, I think it was a good showing for him, um, especially in quote-unquote hostile territory against um, a relatively uh, quick replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a good fight. I think the surprise on the card for me was actually uh, Roxanne uh, Mataferi oh, winning. Yeah. I, th- I thought she was going to lose, and I thought if it went to a decision, she was likely to lose a decision. So good for her. That's that's I can tell you I would have got that one wrong. Yeah, I would have picked against her. Yeah, she went in. Uh, yeah, I, I I would have picked against her just uh, for you know being in the hostile territory and uh, kind of being almost seemed to set up you know for a local to <laughs> a local popular person to uh, get a win against somebody you know kind of a right. journeyman type thing you'd say. But yeah, no, she did great. She went in uh, and did that. I, I, the thing I liked about the Alistair Overing fight. It was different. You never know which Alistair you're going to get right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knocked out or be knocked out. Uh, right. And but the the way he fought it was almost like a kind of uh, to me he seemed like a rope a dope style. You know, he was just absorbing. You know, kind of covering up, letting mm-hmm. Olenek, You know, uh, uh, hit hit on him. Gosh, it seems really dangerous. You know, <laughs> the way Alistair's been been knocked out in the past. Right, um, but but he 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 did it the right way. He wasn't taking really big, huge shots to the head. A lot of them were the body, um, and his defense was great. Uh, seemed to just wait till he kind of wore out Olenek and uh, let Olenek kind of gas himself a little bit, and then come out with those knees and um, and, and win the fight. So it was a, a different look than uh, I can recall seeing uh, Overeem. Yeah, and he he did. You're, you're right. He did get hit with that. Um, mm-hmm overhand i guess from uh, mm-hmm. olenek that hit him right on the mouth and i noticed that because it looked like 
when I saw that again when they were when they were showing it in slow motion, um, it didn't look like that actually put him in danger. It looked like it, if it, if this makes sense, it looks like it hurt more than it actually like he was in danger of you know he wasn't rocked or anything, but it just kind of like hurt. I think you know like it, like, like getting punched in the nose, you know, and breaking your nose, and you 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 may not you know be in any danger of losing consciousness or you know be rocked or anything, but you know it hurts, it yeah. stinks. <laughs> type of deal so yeah that was that was a big shot from all and and you're right a um, little bit of rope-a-dope and uh overcoming adversity there from uh overeem yeah all right well one thing we didn't get to talk about which uh is big news in the last couple of weeks was the tj dillashaw news of him testing positive for peds right and he um Tested positive for EPO, um, and uh, you know later issued a statement first when he was flagged, and uh, it came out that he, uh, you know, had tested for a PED, tested positive, um, and he gave up the uh, bantamweight uh, title, uh, saying that he didn't want to hold up the division. I did see a lot of uh, commentary about that from fighters, and you know. Um, critics and everything saying that that's pretty much an admission of guilt. Like if he hadn't done anything wrong, <clears throat> it would say, Hey guys, I want to hold up. I don't want to hold up the division. Go ahead. You know, uh, here, here's a belt and, you know, have somebody else fight for it. Cause if you didn't do anything wrong, you're like, no, I'm going to fight this. I didn't do anything wrong. It's still my belt. Um, so that was kind of the writing on the wall to me. And then he issued a statement saying, you know, I messed up and, and have a hard time forgiving myself for this, and you know, ultimately got a uh, two-year suspension for it. So, um, like you were touching upon earlier, uh, Cody Garbrandt called this out a couple of years ago before the first fight. Yeah, and uh, I, my take on it, I have no sympathy for him. Um, I, the the way that they put out, you know, when he says, "I'm going to have a hard time forgiving myself," dude, you. You're only sorry because you got caught, you know, I mean, really, yeah. you know, you, you've done it for at least two fights. Um, you've been accused and rumors have been going around a lot longer than that, going back years now that you've been uh, telling people that uh, you can tell them how to get away with it. And uh, so really, is this uh, you know, how you, you're going to have to to do something more than say you're sorry right after you get caught. So I, I don't know what you could do to, to really get your reputation back after this. I mean, the, the, you know, with, with this particular one, it's, it's, the, it's cheating. There, there's no way around it. Not, there's nothing inadvertent about this one from what, uh, what uh, I'm not an expert in, in these types of things, but you know, the, all the, the indications, all the experts are saying, no, this is something it's injectable. This is done with intention, and there's no no getting around it. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, his his reputation's really going to be shot. Um, this this guy, when he uh, if he comes back in a couple of years, um, then you know he you know th- this type of thing that says they, it gives you uh, a lot of endurance. Um, it, it's definitely performance enhancing. Uh, you don't get as tired, um, and and you have a definite advantage uh, over people when you're training with this. So, 
Um, when he comes back and he's a, a mediocre fighter, what does that say? You know, that's um, right. It, it, that, that's not going to make him look any better. No, no, I, I agree. And mm-hmm. one thing, though, I you know, I I will give him um, a little credit for, though, I guess, is that he 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 just did come out, you know, and said, "Yep, it's." Just, I yeah. mean, he didn't try any of this, you know, Lance yeah. Armstrong denying or whatever. And yeah. you, you hear a lot of guys, or you, you see a lot of guys who they get caught, you know, for something, and they deny it. They deny it. Oh, I must have yeah. been, you know, the kangaroo meat that I ate, you know, was tainted. Yeah. <laughs> eat down in mexico that must have been tainted you know he just mm-hmm. and i and i know those circumstances are, are different than this but he mm-hmm. just said yep you know i did it screwed up and yeah. you know no but at the same time with this particular one can you what else are you going to do i mean you got right, caught right. you got caught well, red-handed i mean, I, I mean but i i think um i, I agree with that like mm-hmm. I, I don't i wouldn't think that there's anywhere for you to you know, to go, I, I wouldn't think there's, you know, um, but you know, you see guys all the time, you know, just deny, yeah. deny, deny, yeah, deny eventually, yeah. you know, that, uh, you know, you go far enough down the line and something else comes up and people kind of forget about it and, you know, water under the mm-hmm. bridge. And, you know, he could have, he could have done that. He could have fought it and he could have, you know, gone out on his shield saying, I don't know what, yeah. you know, I don't know what happened, you know, yeah. no one would have believed yeah. him, but, then yeah. again, that doesn't necessarily mean much because we see guys take that route. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's get into uh, instead of looking backwards. Let's look forwards. Coming up to this Saturday, UFC Fight Night 150, Jacare versus Hermanson. Uh, so this one's going to be one of those bigger main cards. They're going to have six fights on the night. Um and we're going to kick off the night with Roosevelt Roberts Gogeta versus Thomas Gifford. Yeah, and this one, um, <clears throat> this one for me, I had to look up. I don't really know a whole lot about either of these fighters. Um, I would have thought uh, with the lack of, you know, quote unquote star power um, that was on this card, um, and Andre Arlovsky, uh training with American Top Team down in Florida, he may have gotten, you know, this spot <laughs> on mm-hmm. the on, on the main event and um, this event on the prelims. But um, that didn't turn out. I'm from everything that I've seen. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Roosevelt Roberts, the go getter. Um, I think he's a pretty promising up and coming prospect, um, and. It, you know, I don't. I don't know. He's he's undefeated. Um, mm-hmm. Finished all of his fights, and uh, I, I think this is maybe a little bit of a step up in competition from him, but for him. But I don't think this is really any different than um, different level than the guys that he's faced in the past. Um, so I'm I'm going with uh, uh, Roberts to win this one, um, and I, I think he can likely get the finish against Gifford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. This uh, this fight looks like it's going to be um, kind of one of those that's you set up with a young up and comer, seven and zero Roberts, uh, versus a kind of maybe more journeyman fighter, um, you know, still with a winning record in um, with Thomas Gifford. 
Uh, so I, I think you're going to look at this one, um, how this looks to play out. Just like you said, uh, probably a finish by Roberts. Uh, he finishes his fights. He doesn't uh, get any of his seven fights. They've all been finishes. Uh, so three TKOs, four submissions. So he can control this, um, goes where he needs to go. Uh, he can stand up and strike. Uh, he's got the better striking numbers between the two. Um, he can go down, get uh, the submission if he needs. So um, not a lot more, I think, on that to uh, uh, to parse. I think this is going to be uh, one of those uh, showcases for the young up-and-comer. The UFC hopes that uh, he can... Uh, you know, build on this to go start making a name for himself and uh, see where he goes in the UFC. Definitely, and I, I agree. This is, this does seem to be, you know, kind of like not necessarily maybe a stepping stone fight, but you know, kind of bringing a fighter along and developing a young talent. Which, in, in my opinion, and not to go off on a tangent, but the UFC really needs to do, especially if they're, <laughs> they're going to do a fight every week. On ESPN Plus, you're gonna you're gonna need to start yeah. building some names and um, not just rely on these guys to um, go the, uh, the you know the favorite route nowadays of talking trash and uh, talking themselves into fights. You know you're you're also gonna have to do some marketing and get you know some of these guys to become more household names. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll look at the second part of the night. This one's gonna be a bantamweight matchup between John Lineker. And Corey Sandhagen. John Lineker, uh, Hands of Stone, which is an awesome name for, for an MMA fighter. Uh, horrible name for a wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's obviously in the right profession. Um, despite Sandhagen being from Colorado uh, and fighting out of Colorado, I'm going to go with Lineker on this one. Um, He's obviously overwhelmingly the more experienced fighter. Um, you know, I think this is this is going to be Corey Sandhagen's toughest test to date. Um, I think he's going to fare well. Um, I, I, you know, I think he's going to be a competitor in the bantamweight division um, down the line and eventually crack the top ten. And who knows from there? But I just think right now that Lineker is maybe too much of a step up in competition. Um, and I, I, I see Lineker getting a decision in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, this one is very close. Uh, I, I think um, even the betting odds have, have Lineker a slight favorite on that, so people putting their money on it um, yeah, are, are having a, a hard problem or having kind of a hard time deciding between the two. Um, although on this one, I'm, I'm going to go with the – uh, Corey Sandhagen, uh, I, I think, um, although, you know, definitely Lineker's got all of the experience, uh, you know, much more experience. Um, and this one's, this one's more maybe just of a gut feeling. Uh, I, I think he's, uh, Lineker's got, you know, obviously with a name like Hands of Stone, um, it confirms his power, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's got power, he can knock him out, but uh, I, I think, um that uh, Sandhagen can come in and negate that with uh, a wrestling game. So uh, he's going to have to do that, I think, to, to, uh, to beat him. But um, I don't know, call it a hunch uh, maybe, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to think the, the, young, the young buck uh, is going to come and try to, to, 
take one from uh, the more experienced fighter here. All right. All right, so I'm going with a bold pick. That would kind of maybe be my upset, although it's so close between the two. I don't know if you can really call that an upset, but at any rate, I'm going to pick the the uh, betting underdog on that one. All right, Fair so enough. third fight of the night. Uh, we're going to go into the light heavyweights this time. We're looking at Glover Teixeira and Ion Kudalaba. And uh, Kudalaba, he's the one, if it sounds familiar, but you can't quite place it. He's, he, his nickname's the Hulk, and uh, he's weighed in, painted completely green right before <laughs> <laughs> weigh-in. So you, you probably, if uh, you follow the UFC and MMA, uh, have, have seen that, and that, that, that likely rings a bell. Kudalaba, uh, we'll say, you know, he's... Uh, um, been in the UFC uh, for, for a little bit here. He's had his last at least five fights in the UFC um, and facing Glover Teixeira, who's uh, the veteran. But I'm picking uh, the Hulk in this one, and I think actually the Hulk, um, I see him being able to finish Teixeira. Um, like I said, I think he's, excuse me, an up-and-coming fighter, I think, Teixeira, uh, especially knocking on the door for 40 years old, which is mm-hmm. ancient, and uh, fighter years, and, uh, you know, there's very few fighters, you know, I'm thinking of, like, Dan Henderson and, uh, you know, Randy Couture, who were able to compete at a high level um, into their later 30s, early 40s. Um, so I, I think this is kind of winding down Glover Teixeira's career. Um I, I I look for Ion uh, Kutalaba to be able to finish him in this fight. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to have to to go along with that one as well. Uh, Ion Kutalaba, I think, for the win. Uh, he's uh, slightly favored in the betting, but that's um, I, I think I've shown that that is not going to be my deciding factor. But in this case, the number that sticks out at me. Uh, is 39 years old, and Glover's got a lot of miles on him. I think mm-hmm. uh, you, you don't get quicker as you get older. Uh, I, I wish that were not the case, but um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, and um, that I I gotta think. Um, you know, been watching his career for the last last few years, and uh, kind of ever since he fought John Jones. Uh, you know, I, I think that was his his uh, best hope you know, at a peak there, and uh, I think you know, you know clearly they're putting him with some uh, some fighters who uh, you know they're they're going to uh, give him a chance to help develop somebody else. I think at this point. Yeah, this this definitely has a feel of the young lion coming in to mm-hmm. you know take over mm-hmm. from the uh, the aging. The aging warrior, uh, and, I, and not not uh, I don't mean to come across putting Glover Teixeira down. I, I've uh, enjoyed watching no. his fights in the past, um, but I just think, like I said, that number thirty nine time, time is the one opponent that uh, nobody can beat, and, and I think it might be true. his time. So, all right, and and mm-hmm. when when Glover came into the UFC, I mean that was. That was kind of uh, the whole part of his mystique is he was um, an older fighter when he came in. Um, and, and I think he was in his uh, 
thirties, but by the time that he got uh, you know the title fight uh, with John Jones, he I think he was around thirty five. Um, mm-hmm. It looks to be 2014, so ran around yeah. 34, 35. Um, but I mean, that was a, the thing yeah. is his power is he was going out there and he was finishing guys, and he went on a little mm-hmm. bit of a tear there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, you remember when Jackson? Yeah, when they were when, when, he, when he was building when they were building up that fight to uh, John Jones, they were building that as as John Jones' biggest test to that point, right? Because of, mm-hmm. of Glover's power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So although they say uh, power is the last to go, right? So uh, even at 39, um, uh, power wouldn't be any joke. It's just that, uh, the speed. Uh, and, and I think that's where uh, Ion's going to be, be able to uh, have the advantage there. Absolutely. I mean, just because, you know, feel like I say this <laughs> on every podcast, but that's where they, you know, fight the fights, right? Mm-hmm. Is, you, you know, they fight the fights and play the games and all that stuff because you, you don't know what's going to happen, the whole any given Sunday stuff. And even though we're both, I think, picking um, Ion to, you know, win and to win by finish and, you know, maybe even convincing and we think that's the most likely outcome. Like you said, power is the last mm-hmm. to go. And um, we're not writing Glover off because you know all it takes is one punch and you put anyone lights out yeah and don't expect him to be a pushover by any means okay so uh next fight on the evening we're going to welterweights we're going to look at uh, Mike Perry and Alex Oliveria probably when I was thinking about this fight um (laughs) one of my favorite uh things that I've seen from uh Mike Perry who's a character um, if you, you like him or not, he's definitely, you can't argue that he's a character was, um, I think it was Darren Till's, uh, championship fight against, um, Tyron Woodley a few months ago, or, you know, 2018. And, uh, Mike Perry was talking to Darren Till, uh, Darren from England and Mike Perry, um, he's got an East coast accent. I don't know. It almost seems like he's from Brooklyn or something, but he was, Talking to Darren, he said, uh, "Oh yeah, you want to go spa? You want to go?" And, and Darren Till thought he said, "Do you want to go to the spa?" So they, mm-hmm. from that point, were having two different conversations. Uh, Mike Perry was asked, thought Darren Till was talking to him about going somewhere and sparring, and Darren mm-hmm. Till thought that Mike Perry was inviting him to the spa. And it's just <laughs> Darren Till, you know, and he's like, "Oh wait, wait, are you saying spar? Oh fuck me, I thought you said go to the spa, like go to the sauna." <laughs> <laughs> I think they went off and sparred or whatever, but it was just, you know, funny moment <laughs> I wanted to bring up. Um, so, yeah, Mike Perry, Alex uh, Oliveira. I I think, obviously, I think a lot of people think that this fight is primarily going to take place on the feet. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, Cowboys the more technical of the two. As far as striking, it's, you know, Mike Perry's more of a brawler. Um Type of deal, but I, I, this is I think my gut uh, pick. I'm gonna go with Mike Perry. Um, yeah. You know, he just he just lost uh, in the 2018 to Donald Cerrone, who you could probably say the same for that fight. Um, a lot of people maybe thought that that was gonna take place on the feet. Uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone being the more technical of the two, but you can't count Mike Perry out because you know he's he's a brawler and hasn't been finished. Um, has a good chin and. You know, can put you down with one shot. So, um, 
Donald Cerrone surprised him in that fight and beat him with an arm bar. I don't see, uh, even though he has submissions on his record, I don't see Alex Oliveira doing that. Um, I think they're going to stay on the feet. I think Mike Perry's going to coax him into a brawl. And uh, I think uh, he may not finish it, but I think he's going to get the win. All right. Well, we are going to split on this one. I think Alex Oliveria can take him down if he wants to. Um, he's got submissions that Mike Perry does not have. Um, I think Al- uh, they, they, Mike Perry has power, but I think so does Alex Oliveira. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, he, he can, can knock out anybody as well. Mike Perry's already lost to a cowboy. I think he's going to lose to another one. <laughs> Two cowboy losses in a row. I should go back and do some research and see if that's that's happened. Listen to two cowboys in a row. <laughs> um, oh, no, and that's. Uh-huh. I mean, th- that's very true. I think this is this is why this is more of a gut pick for me because mm-hmm. one of the things I I try to at least consider when you know I'm looking at these fights is who has who has more chances to win and kind of like who can dictate where the fight takes place. And I think you're right with that. Uh, Alex Oliveira, you know, if he wants to, he can, he can dictate that this fight takes place on the ground, um, you know, or he can, he can definitely at least, you know, take Mike down a couple of times, get him thinking about the takedown and then use that to his advantage in the standup. Um, like I said, I did, I, I also just see, you know, cowboy, being, and I think this is why you know he's these exciting one of these exciting fighters that you know fans enjoy tuning into is because he he can be coaxed into you know a, mm-hmm. a knockdown drag out fight and I, I I just like I said gut feeling see that happening this one so yeah we'll see he can't yeah and well both of them are coming off losses but the one before that um, you got uh, Oliveira Oliveira uh, winning by. Uh, TKO in 39 seconds, mm-hmm. and the one before that, he beat Carlos Condent with a guillotine choke. Yep. So he he, he can win both ways. Um, you see, for sure. Um, Mike Perry, I think, uh, has um, most of his. Uh, does he even have any submissions? I don't, I don't believe something. Mike so. Perry has uh, any mm. submissions on his. Yeah. So I I, I think. Uh, Alex has power and, like I said, more more tools. So, all right, we'll, sure. we'll see how that one goes. So, uh, I agree right. with that. I disagree with the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Next fight is moving up to the heavyweights. Uh, this one should be fun. Oh, who doesn't love a heavyweight bout? Uh, Greg Hardy and Dmitry Smolyakov. Yeah, and this is this is kind of feeds in a little bit to. Um, uh, what I was saying earlier with the UFC, like really needing, especially if they're going to increase the amount, it, it seems at least they have so far this year of the of the fights and events that they're putting on. I mean, Greg Hardy, this is kind of like the kind of maybe the poor man's version of the of the Brock Lesnar effect, right? You know, mm-hmm. like this is a guy who this is his going to be his second fight in the UFC. He's co co-headlining an event and it's largely because he's somewhat of a name and somewhat of a draw and something to bring the casual fan in because they, they recognize that Greg Hardy that's the guy in the NFL who you know got kicked out for beating up women right or whatever you know whatever they may have heard um, so 
I don't know. Uh, hopping off my soapbox now, though. <laughs> I um, I think this is going to be an entertaining fight, and and I think that um, I agree with a lot of people who break this down as you know, if uh, um, Smolyakov can survive the first round and maybe even the first thirty seconds to a minute, um, if he can survive that barrage from Greg Hardy, um, I think this is his fight for the taking. And I, I think he can do that. I'm picking the lifeguard to take Greg Hardy into deep water. And um, by deep water, I mean to the third, fourth minute of the first round. I, I see <laughs> him this by submission. Um, we saw in, in Greg Hardy's uh, um, UFC debut that, uh, you know, as, as he went later into the fight, he really got gassed. Just shows his inexperience. You know, look, the guy's had four professional fights. Um, and I think they're doing the smart thing and bringing him along slowly a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think he is still largely inexperienced and this may be, you know, a step up for him, too much of a step up for him. Um, so I, I think, uh, Smolyakov is, is going to win this. I, I think first mm-hmm. round finish. Mm-hmm. Submission. He he has submission skills. He has, uh, I, I think he's got the, the power to end up, you know, winning by ground and pound, but um, either way, I think this is the first round finish for Smolikov. Wow, bold pick, bold pick. Uh, Greg Hardy on this one is uh, seems to be pretty heavily favored uh, in the betting. Um, is you've got a guy who's only got four uh, fights, like you said, only uh, two in the UFC. Um, definitely, they're they're pushing him as maybe one of the next. Uh, Next big things, next or up and comer anyway. Um, guy who's got a lot of strength, uh, a lot of power. Uh, he's got all f- um, all of his wins by KO, uh, no submissions. Um, and the the key to me in this particular one is the number two sixty five. Uh, which is what uh, he's come in at the past, Greg Hardy. Mm-hmm. And you may recall that I do not like heavy heavyweights. Right. And uh, and even Smolikov's not too much smaller than that, but in my opinion, the ideal heavyweight's about 245. Uh, you got a guy as big in him, uh, as, as uh, Greg Hardy and as muscular, those guys seem to gas out fast. So I've uh, I've got to agree with you on this. I'm um, even though Greg Hardy is the the heavy betting favorite, um, if if Dmitry Smolyakov can can weather the first thirty seconds, like you said, um, mm-hmm. he he his game plan needs to be gas him out, let him get worn out, let him carry around the two hundred sixty five pounds of muscle. That all of those guys with um, with that um, uh, se- seem to guess out, and very few can, can hold that weight and go that long. So, uh, right. And uh, and he is he, he, he look you know he was a he was an NFL player mm-hmm. for for years you know so he is um, this kind of like new breed of athlete that they talk about coming in at least into heavyweight the fighting because. Um, you know, like, like it's been said, if you're typically, if you're that big and you're that athletic, you're doing another sport. 
right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're playing football or you're playing basketball. Um, so, I mean, there, there is, you know, hope that he, for, you know, I think he has the ability or maybe even, you know, just the, if it's genetics to eventually, um, figure out the, uh, the cardio, mm-hmm. um, maybe shed a few pounds and, and that, that takes care of it. I, I, I don't know, but like I said, I, I think this, this fight though, I think it's going to be a, a lot like his first fight in the UFC where, you know, he, he gasses after, you know, a couple of minutes and then it's just, you know, um, I think the more experienced fighter then takes over and, and gets the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate having to pick the Russian, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, my head says that's the way it's going to go, not my heart. Yeah. So uh, it's entertaining. You're going to see uh, some big, powerful punches thrown early. I don't think I'll be to sustain that. For sure. For sure. And, and you know, like we said, kind of like with uh, Glover Teixeira, like Greg Hardy absolutely has the capability and the power to, to catch Smolyakov and, you know, make it a short night for him. Yep. I just don't see that happening before okay well let's move on to the main event of the evening a middleweight bout between Ronaldo Jacare Souza and Jack Hermanson aka the Joker the Joker this is going to be the Joker's second fight in the UFC in less than a month um, he just fought uh, March 30th against David Branch uh, won via guillotine choke um, and he's coming in as a replacement. Originally, uh, Yoel Romero was faced uh, was set to face uh, Ronaldo Souza to uh, rematch their fight, which I believe their first fight took place in 2015 or somewhere around then, where uh, Yoel Romero be uh, a split decision. Um, and to be honest with you, there's a little bit. I'm interested to see Hermanson. Um, I, I don't see him winning this fight. Um, Jacare Souza has been a guy uh, for years now who's kind of lived within the top five of uh, the UFC's middleweight division. Um, I think he's been skipped over for a title shot. I think he should have had a title shot by now. Um, and it was a little bit of a bummer for me, like I said, when Yoel Romero had to drop out due to an illness, because I thought that if if he were able to get a win over Romero, either way, win or lose, that was kind of like the definitive. You win, you're next in line for a title shot. You you lose, and you know, no title shot, uh, type of deal. Um, but he's kind of lived in middleweight limbo. Um, I, I just think he's uh, too much experience. He, he's too good right now at the moment for Hermanson. Um, I think Hermanson, uh, you know, is a great middleweight, um, almost top 10 middleweight. I, I think he can get there. Um, and you got to like, you know, a guy stepping up to fight again, second time within a month. Um, but I, I just think this is a little too much too soon for him. I see Souza winning this, um, I, I don't know what round, but I, I think Sousa's, uh, Jacques Ray Sousa is more than capable of uh, submitting him. I I can see why you would think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I am going to go with Hermanson on this one. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So we're we we've got a lot more splits, I think, on this one than we have in. Uh, I in think so. Yeah. So we're 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 doing it, but in this particular case, um, I'm going to give Hermanson the edge in striking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jacare's wrestling, I think, is, is going to going to be better. But uh, we're also looking at an aging Jacare. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, yeah, he's, you know, those, those Brazilians sometimes uh, they, they can, they can push father time back a little bit. Uh, tap something before. in the water, something in that something down there. Amazonian I mean, water that, you know, and there's certain time at bay a little bit longer. Certain fighter named uh, Anderson Silva uh, had, had a lot of success uh, at that age. So, um, you know, I, I'm thinking, uh, you know, he, he might might be able to do it, but I'm still, I, I'm, I'm thinking uh, that Hermanson is going to win with striking on this one. Okay. All right. So we're going to go with that. Um, although uh, he's, you know, he, he's no uh, no stranger to the submission game either, but. Uh, I think he's going to have to rely on striking against uh, Jacare. That's likely. I mean, and obviously Jacare, one of the uh, widely considered one of the best, if not the best, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys up there with, you know, Damian Maia uh, okay. in MMA. Um, right. The best grapplers. But, yeah, you know, that's, that's definitely um, an avenue for Hermanson if he can keep the fight standing. Um, or if Jacques Ure chooses, you know, for whatever reason, not to take advantage um, of the uh, ground game, uh, Hermanson definitely has a window there. All right. Well, we'll look and see how we did on Saturday, and we will come come back and look again. What's uh, quickly looking forward? What's after this in the UFC? We've got um, after this UFC uh, fight night in Ottawa. Ottawa um, and, uh, looks to be next week or the following weekend. Kind of yeah. Cinco de Mayo card. You got uh, Raging right. Al, Al, Al oh. Iaquinta, say that five times fast, versus yeah. Donald Cerrone, Cerrone. headlining that. Um, that's, Who doesn't that's love a, a Donald fight right Cerrone. there? Yeah, who doesn't love a Donald Cerrone fight, right? Right, and and Ray Janelle, uh he mm-hmm. he shows up and and delivers too. So I, <laughs> that's one that you know on paper, as good as it looks on paper, it's probably going to be as good if not better in the octagon. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, we'll come back and uh, wrap this one up, and then we'll look forward, and look ahead to UFC Ottawa next time we meet. All right. Well, I think uh, we're going to call it an episode. Thanks for joining us on Fight Stripe. I'm Jason. I'm Kevin. And join us next time. 